Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The race is on. There will be an Aston Martin team on the Formula One grid for the first time in over 60 years in 2021, thanks to news that Lawrence Stroll has acquired a stake in the car manufacturer. But in this first edition of the Race F1 Podcast Extra, where we tackle the big news stories as they emerge, we ask what this means for Racing Point's ambitions and for Formula One. I'm your host, Ed Straw, and my guest is Scott Mitchell. Well, Scott, it's been a big morning for, for breaking news. Obviously, we, we knew this was likely coming, but it's as soon as there's a manufacturer involved in doing something in Formula 1, it's always seismic news, isn't it? Yeah, it is, especially when it's Aston Martin, which is um, such, a, such, a, such a famous brand and, and a manufacturer that's got so much prestige and history around it, but not in Formula 1. I think it's, what, five starts for Aston Martin across the 59 and 60 seasons, so... Um, for all of their heritage and, and what we know about them as a as a road car brand and a racing brand, they they haven't they haven't had that success in F one. But as we're going to go into now, the hope will be that that, that changes as as a result of this deal. Can you just explain exactly what Lawrence Stroll has has bought into and the and the landscape behind this happening? Yeah, so as I guess we're becoming accustomed with Lawrence Stroll, he's very very good at putting together a consortium of well connected and wealthy individuals. So. The Lawrence Stroll-led consortium um, will basically, the the short version is they will be uh, investing £182 million into Aston Martin Lagonda to acquire acquire shares in the company, which I think is going to be, it'll be 16.7% shares initially, but there's an indication that they want that to go up to 20%. So proper, proper investment into, into Aston Martin Lagonda as a company. There's lots of business terms and conditions attached to to this deal, but the one that's obviously of most interest to us is uh, a, a clause within the the announcement that they've made, which is that there is a legally binding term sheet under which the Racing Point F1 team will become the Aston Martin F1 Works team with effect from 2021. Uh, that's an initial 10-year deal. There's there's sponsorship commercial elements to it that will that that, that can be renewed after a, a few seasons. So, as you said, this is this is the proper return of, of Aston Martin into to, to Formula One. They've we know that they've wanted this enhanced, enhanced approach to F1 for a while. It's a bit of a it's it's a bit what I'm sort of calling it like a, a pseudo works team because it it is Aston Martin and it is going to be because there is this clear connection between. Aston Martin as a company and and the, the the Formula One team itself, but it's not quite Aston Martin 
taking over a team and, and putting its resources into uh, into a factory or to an engine division, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's always been a... There have been different types of works deals over the years. I mean, just look at Mercedes. Their 50s team was run out of Stuttgart, whereas the current version of the team, obviously it's the former Honda team, it's there as a... Uh, Sort of, it's kind of an independent racing team that Mercedes acquired and put money into. So there's all there's, there's a sliding scale of what works operations are in Formula One. But I think always the important thing is how they're perceived, and this will be perceived by by the fans watching as a as an Aston Martin team. And that's probably the most important thing for the team as a whole. In that there's plenty of ambitions there, but this is great in terms of going to sponsors, getting potential partners in, and that kind of thing. It, it just adds a huge amount of lustre to a team gives it a real identity that's that's far superior to racing point which was always kind of a placeholder that looked like it was going to become permanent for a little bit but obviously Lawrence Stroll has always had in mind that he wanted to bring some big identity to to this team I think Aston must be must be really happy with this because as you say there there are these sort of sliding scales of works team and Aston's involvement with with F1 they've They've flirted at something bigger for a while, but never really put their money where their mouth is. They've, there was the talk about uh, an engine, an engine program that that hasn't materialised. They've obviously been the title sponsor of Red Bull. That that agreement will run for the rest of the 2020 season. We'll get into that later, but it, they've not really gone sort of flat out, if you like, in terms of entering Formula One. And what they've got here. Because starting a new team or even buying an existing team really expensive ways to go about things what they've what you've got here with Aston Martin is an Aston Martin works team will be on the grid in twenty twenty one and someone has paid Aston Martin to make that happen if you see what I mean because it's a massive investment from someone else, and one of the conditions of that investment is that another team which is putting all of the money into the f one project will now rebrand itself and use the Aston Martin name. Well, it's a great deal, isn't it? In that you're you're, you're getting your your works team without all the. I mean, not not only you're not having to inject a load of money because someone else is, but you're also you haven't got the liabilities attached, etc. So it's it's actually a really really nice setup. And I think actually, when it comes to Formula One and manufacturer involvement, there'll be a lot of companies that'll be looking at this and thinking actually this is quite a nice way of doing it because it, it is it is sort of cost effective and it and it works for those putting the money in as well because it means from Lawrence Stroll and his and his partners and owning what is currently Racing Point perspective they get a huge amount of benefit from having that Aston Martin name attached to it and Aston Martin although it's it's been a little bit patchy in motorsport over the years it has had some some big successes but it's not what it's not one of those brands that's that's had kind of enduring sustained success over many decades in motorsport but it but it is a proper racing brand isn't it which is which is great for that team and I imagine if he's going to go to if you're going to go to potential sponsors they're going to be way happier about getting involved in Aston Martin it also opens up the potential for for deals that cover the 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 automotive maker and the the race team we've seen these in the past with uh uh with with race teams um Toyota of course that every Toyota came with a Panasonic radio at one stage so all of that was was connected to the you know you have the sponsorship of the race team you have the the deal it's just a much bigger three-dimensional thing. I think that's what they normally call synergy and that kind of thing, isn't it? I, I, I'm not, it's not a term I'm particularly fond of. I was just about to say, I hate the word synergy, but this is a deal that has is that synergy. If, if synergy can be used in an appropriate context, I would say this is probably about as, uh, as much as I'll allow it because it just seems to work for all parties. It is win-win for Racing Point and, and Aston Martin and I have to say as well Lawrence Stroll I know he gets he gets a lot of stick he's a man with a lot of money uh, there is something to be said for the 
the critics who point out that his son is driving one of one one of the cars. But there's a lot of people who talk about putting money into Formula One. Lawrence is actually someone who is willing to do it and do it in a really proper way as well. So I'm sure Force Force India, there were other parties interested in buying that back in 20, 2018. So maybe, maybe there would have been another legitimate buyer. But Stroll is at least someone who's willing to put his money where his mouth is. And when you do something like this, you bring together a Formula One team and a manufacturer that wants to be an F1. I, I'm struggling to see the downside to this. And I think this might maybe go some way to to showing that Stroll's not quite the all-encompassing villain that a lot of people like to think he might be. Yeah, I think it's very easy to characterise people in a in a, a certain way. Obviously, he has built money into Formula 1 and we should know, we should always be pleased with people bringing money in as long as they uh, they do it in a way that doesn't sort of obliterate uh, <laughs> obliterate everyone else, shall we, uh, shall we say. Uh, the, the one thing that is interesting is obviously Racing Point last season, they were a little bit anonymous in a, in a way because nothing really changed. They were still suffering the hangover of the underinvestment and obviously in 2018 it became really chronic and they were really struggling to you know, manufacture parts and that kind of thing. So some of the design decisions, etc., on the, the 2019 car were, were made before they really knew what their financial position was going to be. So there was some quite a bit of carryover, etc. And Andrew Green, the technical director, has said the 2020 car will be the kind of the clean sheet of paper car, the kind of first real year of of, of this team with the investment and the ownership of the, the, the Lawrence Stroll-led consortium. So in that regard, the Aston Martin deal doesn't have a direct impact on what was already quite an ambitious team save for the fact that it will make it more appealing for potential investors etc so i'm really interested to see what what racing point can can do this year in terms of stepping forward obviously it's a long-term thing they've they've invested a huge amount of money in uh in doing the basically the new factory um on the, uh, on the existing site obviously that's the old the older uh, jordan factory so there, there's real investment there it's a team that's at least last season it benefited from the fact that it, its development budget was always there it wasn't about all oh, how much I mean, literally to get to the point of, well, how much cash have we got in the bank account to spend on this? Uh, so we've got a few thousand, or we can't really do much of that, whatever. So it really get bad. But now there's that chance to to build. And I think under, under Andrew Green, who I've mentioned before, he's an excellent technical director, very sensible. It'll be really interesting to see where this team can go, because it, it is a long way from being a top team in terms of the way it's set up. Obviously, they've got the... Uh, the alliance with with Mercedes technical partnership, which is which is important to them, but they are investing in more of their own stuff and and expanding the team's capabilities. Yeah, I think the the Aston Martin deal and it, when when it rebrands, that won't be sort of the. I don't think that's going to be the the final step that the team needs to make to be to be a big a big runner in in Formula One by any means. It's not that it's not that it won't have a tangible impact. It's more just as you say, the building blocks are already in place for this for this team to 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 go on and, and become something bigger than just a, a midfield team or an also ran because what's impressive about what racing point has done is as you say they've they've gone they, they've kept that core group of people who made force india the best bang for its buck team in, in in formula one which is really important but then they've been again goes back to stroll putting his money where his mouth is there has been that investment that so far has seemed to be in a sensible way that the factory as you said dates back to jordan days and and when when 
Racing Point were putting together the, the planning permission to get the planning permission to build the new factory, they said that the old factory wasn't fit for purpose. So they're addressing all of the right areas. There's already a lot of substance behind what Racing Point is doing and what Racing Point is as a team. It's just, I feel it's never really been taken quite as seriously as it should be, given the people involved, the money behind it, and the way they're going about their business. So you've got that substance already. What something like Aston Martin brings to the table is a bit more style. It's putting that sort of prestige in to say, okay, guys, look, I know you're not maybe taking this as seriously as you should, but this is really serious. And someone like Aston, it it helps sort of with that external perception. It won't necessarily be the defining factor. In fact, I'm almost certain it won't be the defining factor in whether Racing Point slash Aston Martin's F1 team is successful, but it goes a long way to showing people externally exactly what this project is all about. And we also have to look at, at the track record of this team. When it became Force India in 2008, it was a pointless team in, in, in 2008, but just this steady improvement, you know, ninth, seventh, sixth in the championship. And then they had the two seasons when they finished fourth in 2016 and 17. In both those years, they still did have some some financial issues as well that were, that were making life difficult for them. But this is a group that has managed to, as you say, a, a, a quite a limited factory, and it, it is it is a small F one uh, factory, very much so. So they, they did need to upgrade it. But what is basically a small team with some big ambitions is able to beat consistently teams that have greater resource and greater ultimate potential in them. So that the idea of this team is that you know that great potential and ability, and the, you know the great racing savvy they've got which is basically I think at times I have described that team as pound for pound the best team in, in Formula One in terms of the results it gets against investment how good they are operationally if you can take all that increase the investment ensure that the investment does deliver improved results etc and grow then it it has aspirations of, of growing to become a, an outright best team in, in Formula One which is a long way off but if if there's a if there's sensible rational controlled expansion and and in fact uh, uh, Gary Anderson the race's new uh, uh, new addition on his uh, Twitter account uh, at, at Gary Anderson F1 he he did warn that the, the main thing there is they do need to be patient and realistic about how long it will take to get up amongst those top three teams but if they can have that patience and that strategic growth and and keep everything that's made that team so incredibly good over the years but build on it and just be incredibly good at being a big team there's huge potential and that that's why it's good that this is also a, a longer term deal because it's going to take it is going to take a long time formula one it's not straightforward. Expanding, it's not just a question of building a factory and putting some good kit in it. It's about, your as you expand, your structures have to change. Individual groups have to have to subdivide into more localised groups. All the communication has to work. This is something that actually Renault has been going through and at times struggled a little bit because it's just not a question of, of more resource equals more success. It's more resource deployed effectively with controlled growth can equal success so the potential of this team is way up what's interesting to me is how well they can build on that without losing what's made that team so formidable in recent times especially as a collaboration like this this kind of partnership between two entities it does escalate the 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 pressure or expectation in terms of results because 
Stroll now has his investment in the F1 team itself. He needs the F1 team to be successful to justify the money he's spending on it. But now he and his consortium are buying into Aston Martin Lagonda. They need Aston Martin to get something out of the F1 deal as well. The the whole reason they've been able to put this deal together, from what I from what I understand, you know, they talk in their in their announcement as well that a big part of this investment needs to be going towards the turnaround in the company's performance. Aston Martin Lagonda hasn't been doing very well as a company. It's not in the strongest position financially that it could possibly be in. So Aston needs to see. F1 have help have a positive impact on this as well as Stroll's money because if this project doesn't succeed in Formula One then all of that investment from Stroll it starts to be questioned but also it is it potentially damaging for the Aston brand to go into F1 as a full works team and then not succeed so I, I think it's a bit it's a, this is the thing when when you have a manufacturer team the expectation does increase but if you've got the right group of people around to execute that vision and as you said, to, to, to cope with the growth that comes with it and deal with the challenges that, that, that come with it as well, then you, I think you rise to the occasion. And we've seen this group of people rise to the occasion plenty of times in the past. So I again, it goes back to what I said about it being a win-win situation. I, for what's on the table, for what's at stake in terms of succeeding with this kind of arrangement... I think the group of people at Racing Point is probably the best team on the grid to to deal with it. Yeah, I think you're right there. I mentioned Andy Green, how good he is, Otmar Safnauer, uh, the, the team boss. Andy Stevenson, the sporting director, who's been there for many years, just a really, really savvy racing operator who understands how to make a racing team work. And all the way through that company, they've they've talked in the past about there being a kind of certain type of person who wants to work at that uh, at that team and that they're very you know, very passionate about working in that kind of way. And if they can retain all that, then there's huge potential. I think it's it's very, uh, it's good for Formula One. We want upwardly mobile teams. And of course, this also coincides with a period where we've got the uh, the financial regulations coming in next year, limiting how much can be spent, etc. So the hope is that the big teams will be a little bit more catchable, shall we say, although the flip side of that coin is if you limit how much you can spend, that also makes it harder if you've got an upwardly mobile team with investment to, to spend to expand. So I uh, we will see. I'm sure there'll be a huge amount of expenditure on the factory and kit, etc., this year before the, uh, the financial regulations kick in. Uh, we've briefly touched on Red Bull and the fact that their Aston Martin deal they've they've announced will conclude at the end of uh, at the end of this season. But w- what else can we say about that? Because obviously Aston Martin and Red Bull's involvement is is wider than just the the team sponsorship. Yeah. So the the primary thing that everyone will have noticed is that Red Bull has been officially entered into Formula One as Aston Martin Red Bull Racing. Uh, and they will continue to be for this year. As I said, that, that arrangement will run to the end of the year, but Red Bull has allowed Aston to escape its exclusivity agreement to chase after this racing point deal, and it will come to an end before 2021. Outside of Formula One, you have the Aston Martin and Red Bull technology side of things that have partnered up on the, the Valkyrie hypercar project, and that is something that still needs to be that still needs to be finished uh we don't know exactly what the the extent of that type had got to on the the world endurance championship side of things because the point was to to enter the valkyrie in in the wet hypercar class as well and red bull was meant to be sort of involved in an engineering capacity there all we know is that aston martin and red bull have committed to continuing their collaboration on the road car version of the hypercar until it has been quote delivered I don't know what that means necessarily in automotive speak, but I assume we can take that to mean that Red Bull will be involved with Aston as long as it's 
as long as it's needed until the car goes out to its customers. We should know there's been investment there on the, the, the Red Bull Milton Keynes site to, to work on, on the, the projects with Aston Martin. That's actually something that, for example, you'd sort of say, well, all those those things that Red Bull Technologies have been doing with Aston Martin, they could be, for the longer term, moved into racing point as is now but obviously they don't really have those facilities etc so it'll be interesting to see whether whether red bull technologies remains involved in the in the longer term beyond the 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 valkyrie project uh but yeah interesting for red bull as well because it also means they'll have to look for for new uh a new uh a title sponsor in in the the future as well and i obviously they'll have known that this was coming for a bit so they'll have already started work on that and that's part of the wider picture what red bull does in terms of its partner but for Formula One as a whole, it's good, isn't it? Because it's a it's another manufacturer. The name was already involved, but it will seem like a, a factory team, which is always good because we do know that that people do like what they see as as works teams of of whatever ilk. And I think this will be bought into as an Aston Martin team much more than than Red Bull was by the the wider public. Yeah, that's the beauty of a deal like this. It poses lots of questions as well as giving us some interesting answers. And one of the big questions will be if Racing Point and the uh, the Aston Martin team that it morphs into are going to be as successful as they want to be. Presumably that propels them right to the very front of Formula 1, which means in two or three years' time, maybe you have Red Bull going toe-to-toe with its former title partner, Red Bull versus Aston Martin versus Ferrari versus Mercedes, maybe versus Renault as well for, for race wins and titles. So in theory, F1's heading to a very exciting place. In the interim, there's going to be a, a lot of work to do, but it's just exciting to see a team like Racing Point get something quite as exciting as this. Yeah, exactly. And, and good for all those who've uh, who've gone through some tough times with, with that team. And so now it's just a question of, of the execution, isn't it? They've got the potential. You need that resource and that potential to be able to get to the front. Can they make the most of it? That's going to be down to how well the people on the ground do their jobs and how patient and strategic the ownership is in terms of how they approach it. Well, thanks very much, Scott Mitchell, for your uh, contribution to this this first uh, race f1 podcast extra we'll try and do these when when big stories break that require a little bit of delving into obviously we'll be also be back on uh, on monday with our regular episode uh, do check out our social media channels we're at we are the race on the likes of twitter facebook instagram wherever you like to do your social mediaing so yeah, if you like the podcast please do subscribe and leave us a, a review if you're so minded and yeah we'll be back in a few days